are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Thursday, December 23rd. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you like what you're listening to today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. It's all for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's all for free, and if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Alright, good afternoon everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Happy Holidays. <laughs> I, I bet um, a, a lot of you right now are giving this a listen while driving around for some last-minute shopping. I bet that's a pretty safe bet, but hey, I'm right there with you, folks. I'm last-minute Jack here. Uh, But I hope everyone is, you know, having a good week, finishing up at work before the Christmas weekend. And around the NHL, with the pause currently going on through December 26th, which is Sunday, uh, there's not a whole lot that's going on around the hockey world at this moment. Obviously, um, there's no game for the Blackhawks tonight against the Dallas Stars. That has officially been postponed And there's no practices or anything going on as well right now. So uh, on the show today, I'm going to have some fun, folks, and give you all a little bit of a Christmas gift by rattling off a handful of bold predictions for the Chicago Blackhawks after seeing their first 30 games of the regular season. Buckle up, folks. It is going to be a takey episode, that's for sure. So through... Those opening 30 games that I just mentioned, the Blackhawks currently sit at 11, 15, and 4 for 26 points in the Western Conference. But I think it's fair to kind of break this down in two halves a little bit. Under Jeremy Colleton, uh, he survived for 12 games, and in those 12 games, the Blackhawks were 1, 9, and 2, by far the worst team in the National Hockey League except for the Arizona Coyotes, but they they don't really count. Everyone knew this was coming from the Yotes. No one expected this from the Chicago Blackhawks after all the moves that they had made in the offseason. Seth Jones, Marc-Andre Fleury, they seemed like they kind of skipped the rebuild and went back into win-now mode, but they fell flat on their face in their opening 12 games. 1-9-2, that cost Jeremy Colleton his job. That was the first half. The second, under Derek King, the Blackhawks have been 10-6-2 through 18 games, so obviously a major improvement under King so far. And even in the games that they have lost, most of them have been, you know, competitive battles where they at least gave themselves a chance to come away with a victory. And I think that's arguably the most important part of King's tenure here so far in Chicago. The Blackhawks are playing way more competitive than they were night in and night out, and especially against the higher quality opponents. Under Colleton, I mean, I'm I'm just going back and looking at the schedule here through the early portion of the season. uh, That opener against Colorado, I mean, that wasn't even close. The Blackhawks got blown out of the gates. Uh, They also got 
completely dominated by the Penguins just a couple of days later and Flurry's return to Pittsburgh where he was kind of embarrassed and pulled just 10 minutes into that game. Um, and against the Carolina Hurricanes, the Blackhawks got it taken to t- by, by Carolina twice. So um, the effort level and the production, the end result, it all simply just wasn't good enough under Colleton, and especially, as I said, against some of those top teams in the league, per se. But under Derek King, I mean, even recently, we've seen the Hawks put up a couple of really good fights against the Washington Capitals, both of which they managed to sneak away with a victory uh, against the Toronto Maple Leafs a couple of Saturdays ago, even though that wound up being a, a heartbreaking loss for the Hawks. That was still one hell of a comeback and a fight I'm not sure they would have put up with Colleton calling the shots. Uh, against the Rangers in New York, you know, that was a close game, a tough 3-2 to loss, but a pretty good effort on the road against one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. And, and same with that loss against the Calgary Flames up in Calgary, one of the best teams in the Western Conference at that point. And the Blackhawks fought hard and gave themselves a chance to come away with a win. Um, so clearly, the play has been better night in and night out, more consistent under Derek King. And I think what it really comes down to, a huge part of it at least, is that the defense, I mean, has been night and day from what it was toward the beginning of the season. And I know they've had their struggles as of late uh, against Nashville. The second, third periods were not all that good. Um, but as a whole, overall, I think we all can agree that that the defense, without a doubt, it, it's been an incredible turnaround. The Blackhawks are now, uh, I shouldn't say now, but with Derek King calling the shots, they're a top 10 team in most defensive analytics. So, um, and especially in the high danger chances, that's really been a a huge swing. They've, it's been night and day, like I said, how they've all of a sudden started to limit the amount of high danger chances that they've allowed per game. And by doing that, they've also made the job a lot easier on the goaltenders than it was in the early portion of the season. And I think that's really what has allowed Marc-Andre Fleury to kind of have this incredible run as of late under Derek King. And I know, like I said, the past two games against the Preds and the Stars, they don't exactly reflect what I'm talking about. But, I and I know it's easy to think about those because of recency bias, but overall, in those 18 games, that's just two of them. So, as a whole... There's no question that the defense has been better. And an interesting statistic that I noticed in a good buddy Charlie Romeliotis' article that he posted this morning on 40 stats uh, from the Blackhawks so far. At the moment, the Blackhawks are allowing just 9.36 high danger chances per 60 minutes at even strength. That ranks third in the entire NHL right now. And in the past three years under Jeremy Colleton, The Hawks ranked dead last in that category in all three seasons. So, I mean, I think that was probably one of the biggest deficiencies with Colleton and what really was a a main part in deciding to, you know, call it a, call it his job, um, was that the Blackhawks had made no improvements on the defensive end under his lead. And all of a sudden under Derek King, the Hawks are third in the NHL 
and the amount of high danger chances that that they've allowed. Um, so yes, obviously it's been a whole lot better. Uh, I have said that multiple times now, and where I'm going with this, folks, um, is that my first bold prediction here, and it's bold, but I'm going to say that Derek King will become the head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks after the season. And I don't want people to freak out. This is a bold prediction episode. I'm getting bold here. I know we've only seen him coach 18 games. I watch this Blackhawks team each and every night. I go to their practices. You don't have to tell me. I know. It's only 18 games. But I really think with the huge improvement that the Blackhawks have seen defensively on most nights, even against some of the top offenses. That's progression we never saw under Jeremy Colleton. And another reason why I think King is a good fit for this time with the Blackhawks, considering how the NHL, you know, they're still in the midst of a pandemic. The salary cap is is still a bit of an issue. Most teams are right up there against the cap and aren't, you know, willing to dish out some huge money in this time. One thing to consider... A couple things to consider here, actually. One, the Blackhawks still have to pay out the remainder of Jeremy Colleton's contract. It was never official what the actual dollar amount was there or what the term was exactly, but I've listened to Bob McKenzie, I've listened to Elliot Friedman, and they mostly believe that this was uh, Colleton had this season and next year. So if that is the case, the Blackhawks still have to pay him out and with that being the situation, I'm not so sure that they're going to want to go out there and spend top money for a, a big-name free agent coach that's on the market when they still have to pay Jeremy Colleton as well. And also, one thing to consider, you know, with the organization probably trying to sway in a new direction, trying to change the culture around the franchise after, you know, an eye-opening past couple of months with the Kyle Beach lawsuit and everything that revealed about the Chicago Blackhawks. Because of that, I don't think they're going to be too eager to go out and get that veteran head coach type, the same guy that's just been passed around from team to team to team and has that, you know, old man's mentality that's kind of plagued the National Hockey League. And I'm not saying that, you know, if the Blackhawks were to go that route, I'm not saying that's what to expect from that head coach, but I think it's just time, and I think most people can agree, it's time to stop just passing around the same names for head coaches and general managers. Go a new direction. It clearly (laughs) hasn't worked well enough for those guys to remain in the same spots. There's a reason they've bounced around multiple teams throughout their careers. So with the Blackhawks trying to change their culture, I don't think they're going to be wanting to bring in, you know, a 50 or 60 year coach who is stubborn and wants to run things his way like he has through his entire career. I don't think that's the way that they're going to go about it. So I think the Blackhawks honestly are open to heading in a different direction than, you know, maybe most teams mindsets would have been uh, in this spot. And I really just could see the happy go lucky Derek King being the perfect man for the situation. I do think it would probably be a short-term deal because, again, doesn't have, besides this with the Blackhawks, he doesn't have any NHL head coaching uh, experience. But just based on how I've seen things progress through 30 games, Derek King has definitely been a breath of fresh air for this team. He's come in relaxed. He's awesome with the media. He's hilarious. He's just an overall good dude. And the Blackhawks are showing results to that. Whereas with Colleton, 
who was also a very good guy. He was just more systematic and, and very focused on running the system that he had in play, so much so that I think it kind of took the players' focus away from just being free on the ice and doing what they do best. I think they were just a little bit too focused on doing exactly what Jeremy Colleton wanted them to do, whereas Derek King's just this free guy. Go out and play your game. Yes, we're still going to have schematics. We're still going to have a, a system in place. But he's allowed them to operate the way that they want to operate. And the Blackhawks and their players have responded. The results speak for themselves. And honestly, I expect that to continue through the rest of the way. I don't think anything's going to change. The Blackhawks are more competitive. Hopefully, they'll be able to string together some more consecutive victories than they have. That's been really what's cost them over the past month or so. They've just alternated win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. And when you're trailing in the standings, you got to put together a run. So that's really what's cost them. But I fully believe that under Derrick King, they have the ability to play, pl- play close games. And that's something us Blackhawks fans should not take for granted after seeing how poorly this team was faring early on under Jeremy Colleton. And another reason why I believe that Derrick King will become the head coach of the Blackhawks is because my second bold prediction of the show here now, I think that the Blackhawks will finish as a top 20 offense in terms of goals per game by the end of the season. I think the offense is due for some better puck luck in the second half. At the moment, the Hawks offense still ranks 29th in the NHL at just 2.3 goals per game. It's been a struggle for sure this season, whether... Colleton was behind the bench, or whether it's been King, it's been a struggle for the most part. But as of late, the offense has started to find the back of the net a little bit more frequently. They just scored four goals against a really solid Leafs defense not too long ago, and they also followed that up with five goals against the Washington Capitals, one of the better defensive clubs in the NHL as well, and with Ilya Samsonov in net who's been one of the best netminers in the entire NHL this season. It's been better. And look, as I talked about with the last bold prediction, I know the last two games have been horrible. They were bad in basically any way you want to break it down. Offense, defense, special teams, it was terrible. And I get that they only mustered up uh, a combined 43 shots on goal in those two losses over the weekend. But even when the offense wasn't doing anything in those games, They weren't getting any chances at even strength. There was nothing going on. A whole lot of dump and chase out, dump and chase out, break up back the other way. Nothing was going right for the offense. And they still found a way to put up three goals against Dallas in forced overtime. They picked up at least one point in that game when they didn't have their best stuff on the back end of a back-to-back when they were exhausted. I know it was a bad effort, but that counts for something. And another reason why I believe that a turnaround could be coming offensively for this Blackhawks team, when you go and look at some of their deeper numbers, most of them have been lower than what the expected statistics show. The expected goals for for the Blackhawks are higher than what they actually have produced. And that's not just for the team. That's for most of their players. One other statistic I noticed in Charlie Romeliotis' article is that uh, the, the Blackhawks rank Ninth in the NHL in rush chances for per game. They're getting their opportunities on the rush. But they are second last in the NHL to only the New York Islanders in actual goals scored at even strength. 
One other stat here. Patrick Kane has the fourth most offensive zone time per game with the puck on a stick. With over a minute, he's still getting his looks in the offensive zone and he's still creating chances. But his shooting percentage is just 7.4%. And it seems like forever since Kaner scored his last goal. And coming into this season, his career low in terms of shooting percentage was 7.9%. So he's below his career low at this moment. That's something that I think is probably going to turn around for Kaner at some point. He's just too darn talented. And the offense should definitely benefit, benefit from that. Kirby Doc also, second on the team in inner slot shots so far this season, which may surprise some people, including myself. I didn't think Kirby, who's shown kind of a reluctancy to shoot the puck, would be second in inner slot shots from this Blackhawks team. That also goes to show... Um, how limited the Blackhawks have been in the slot. They're one of the worst in the NHL and getting shots off from the slot per game. That's something they definitely need to focus on. Um, but with Kirby in particular, he only has five goals on the season, yet he's second on the team in shots from the slot. And Kirby also has, he's got five goals on the season. His expected goals for number is 8.21. I know it's not a huge difference, but I think we'd feel a lot better about ourselves if Kirby Doc had the same amount of goals as Brandon Hagel right now and was closing in on double digits. So I do believe things are going to turn around for Doc. I think there's a turnaround for Kaner coming. Uh, his shooting percentage should hopefully only go up. Uh, the Blackhawks shooting percentage as a team is far below the league average right now as well. They just haven't been able to find the back of the net. They've hit the post a ton, it seems like. They just haven't been able to buy goals, and that's what's been the most frustrating part, especially when the defense and goaltending has picked up their play. And another reason why I think the offense is going to come around, Jonathan Taze is starting to finally heat up. He's got three goals and four points in his last five games. I'll have plenty more on Jonathan Taves coming up in just a moment. Uh, Dominic Kubelik also. At even strength this season, Kubelik has a shooting percentage of 5.4. 5.4. In his first two NHL seasons, Kubelik's even strength shooting percentage was 14.6%, so nearly triple of what it is at the moment. All of that gives me belief that better days are going to come for this Blackhawks offense. And I know it hasn't been a whole lot better under Derek King, but I think this team is going to get better offensively as time goes on. I think those numbers are going to start to even themselves out a little bit. And the defense... You know, is also starting to get a little bit more involved. We've seen goals from um, McCabe, Murphy, Gustafson finally got his first tally. So um, with all of that, I really do believe that this Blackhawks team will finish top 20 in the NHL in goals scored per game when this season is all said and done. All right, there are my first couple of bold predictions for the Blackhawks the rest of the way this season. Coming up in just a moment, I am going to talk a little bit more about Captain Jonathan Taves and also Marc-Andre Fleury's future with the Blackhawks. But first, I need to talk to you all about Primal Origin Oils. Got beard? Get Primal. If you or someone you care about has a beard, then you need to get Primal. And maybe you're that guy that's never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product, but Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and will make your beard look healthy and groomed. Primal Origin Oils also makes balms, oils, and whipped butter that are known as the best feels and beard products available. That is due to the exotic carrier blend with oils like raspberry seed, 
rosehip and chia seed oil. All those products are fair trade certified and handcrafted right here in the US of A. And we know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients to the other companies that you've used in the past. We promise you will see and feel the difference. And right now, remember to use the code LOCKDOWN. That gets you 20% off at PrimalOriginOils.com. Use the code LOCKDOWN. That's one word in all caps at checkout for 20% off at PrimalOriginOils.com. I also need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. This holiday season, grab a protein bar that's filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, and also covered in 100% real chocolate, but also amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat. Right now, you can get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. In so many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have raspberry or cherry, mint brownie or double chocolate, cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie? Regardless of the flavor, they're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're incredibly tasty and they'll give you that extra fuel that you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Do you like some of those marshmallow treats around the holiday too? Then you definitely need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, they're fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. In different flavors, all of which are covered in 100% real chocolate. They taste so good, you seriously won't believe they're filled with protein. And for a limited time offer, go to BuiltBar.com, use our promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com with the promo code LOCKED, one word in all caps, followed by the number 15, to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Moving on into some more bold predictions on the Chicago Blackhawks for the rest of the way this season. Starting to get into some players now. Uh, First, call me crazy, but I think Jonathan Taze is going to finish the season with 20 goals. Call me crazy. I don't care. And of course, I know. I realize that the dude only has three through the first 30 games of the season. But we still got 52 games left. Assuming that Taze is good enough to go for the remainder of the year, by the way, uh, he still indicated he may not be feeling 100% at this point, but he gets some needed time off the ice here, a couple of extra days. And I really do think that Johnny can score 17 times in those final 52 games. That's one goal every three games from Taze, and I really don't think that's all that insane. Considering how... He's going to continue to play top six minutes. He's still reliable defensively and is really the only guy on this team that we can count on to win a faceoff. Um, He's going to get those opportunities, and I really think he's heading in the right direction, folks. And even when he was goalless through those opening 25 games, Taze was still getting his chances. He had shots hit off the post. (laughs) He was getting robbed by goaltenders. And the Blackhawks offense as a whole, I mean, we're kind of in that same department. Taves and the team really just couldn't buy one. Um, but now, as I talked about earlier, the Blackhawks have started to find the back of the net a little bit more frequently. And Taves has also finally got that monkey off of his back, uh, figuratively and literally. We saw Johnny with his first goal celebration literally throw the fake monkey off his back. Um, but now that he, he's... Finally gotten into the goal column. He's got four points in his last five games. I definitely think he's, you know, not going to be 
prying out there, you know, looking for that first one, and he's not going to be squeezing the stick quite as hard. And, and I think that's going to lead to him continuing to be productive offensively, just picking up where he left off once the Blackhawks do resume play. And one thing I also noticed with Taze's numbers, he's still only shooting 5.7% on the season. Now, largely that's because he went goalless through the first 25 games, so his shooting percentage was zero. Um, but one thing to consider, Taves has only shot below double digits, below 10%, just one time in his career coming into this season. So just like the entire Blackhawks offense, I really believe better days are coming for Jonathan Taves, and I'm not giving up. I think he will hit 20 goals on the season for the Blackhawks. Another bold prediction here on a Blackhawks player. This one is definitely takey, but I think Marc-Andre Fleury will remain with the Blackhawks through the entirety of this season because I personally just think there are too many variables here for Flurry to get moved at the deadline. You know, he's got a 10-team no-trade clause. Obviously, also, his family is going to be probably priority number one here with this decision because um, there was even hesitation from Flurry to come to Chicago in the first place after the Hawks had acquired him from Vegas um, after he had settled down in that area with his family following uh, being selected from Pittsburgh in that Vegas expansion draft. So is Flurry, you know, going to want to be on the move here with his family once again after only a few months stay in Chicago? And I, I know that that no trade clause is only for 10 teams, but being a respected veteran and also, you know, known as one of the best teammates of all time, just a incredible human being. I honestly think that Fleury's going to have some say in this decision regardless, whether it's a team on that no-10 trade list or somewhere else. I think the Blackhawks are going to give Fleury the respect to have some say in this matter because he took a chance to come to Chicago and play with them in the first place. He didn't have to do that but he ultimately came to the decision that he wanted to continue playing and he made the transition with his family to life in Chicago. Because he did that for this organization, and I know that it was under a a different leadership when he was first brought in here, knowing how Kyle Davidson is a good person as well, I think they're going to give Fleury the say in the matter. If he wants to go, it's going to be going to a place that he wants to go and win a Stanley Cup at. And I don't know if there's many of those available because you also have to consider he's got $7 million on his current, he's got a $7 million cap hit on his current deal. And in the COVID year that we're in, the Blackhawks are definitely going to have to eat some of that money in order for him to be traded as well. And depending on how much they want to eat, that's going to affect the potential return. There's just a lot on the table here. And I know that, you know, with this being only a one-year deal, even if the Blackhawks do have to eat, what, $5 million, $4 million of that, they're capable because they're taking on the full $7 million and it's only through the remainder of this season. But there's just a lot going on here, right? There's a lot that plays into a potential trade for Flurry, And you also have to consider the Blackhawks situation as well. I think if they're even the least bit competitive around the trade deadline, I think Marc-Andre Fleury is going to remain with the team. 
And another reason why I make this prediction is because, as I talked about earlier, I expect the Blackhawks to remain competitive throughout the rest of the way this season. I'll get into the playoff talk a little bit later on the show, but I really do think they can keep this pace up under King, being competitive night in and night out, giving themselves uh, a chance to win each and every game. And I think, you know, if the offense is able to pick up the slack, things could get even better than they are right now because I honestly do trust this defense. It's kind of weird. I haven't trusted the defense in forever. Is this what it's like? I will say, though, if the season goes to crap, if the Blackhawks completely fall out of the water, then this this whole thing can kind of defiz. There there goes my bold prediction um, because if the Blackhawks are well out of the picture, if Flurry wants to go somewhere else, that's also something that plays a factor in this. But that's what I think maybe a trade is, is more likely for Flurry to a place that he's probably picked out specifically. Um, that's the only way I think I see him getting traded. But I don't think that's going to happen from the Blackhawks. I'm confident that this team can remain competitive. And another thing to consider with Marc-Andre Flurry is... I know if the Blackhawks, if they keep him and they go on to miss the playoffs, a lot of people are going to be like, well, why didn't we get an asset for that? That's just a waste. First off, who knows what's going to happen with his contract situation after this season. Maybe Flurry wants to stay in Chicago. Maybe the Blackhawks will offer him another one-year deal while they give Kevin Lankinen and the other prospects in the system some more time to develop. That's one thing to consider. And another thing to consider is that the Blackhawks didn't give up anything crazy in the first place to acquire Flower from Vegas. It wasn't a situation where they gave a first-round pick back to Vegas and they really need this thing to work out for them. They only gave up Michael Hakkarainen, who, let's face it, sorry, Michael, doesn't really have an NHL future unless something crazy happens here. So I think that kind of lets the organization be a little bit more free with with Marc-Andre Fleury. Kind of in, in comparison to the Alex Nylander situation. They're being careful there. Because they gave up a good player in Henry Yoki Haru. I know he hasn't been stellar with Buffalo. But that was a former first round pick of their own. They don't want to just toss Alex Nylander and get rid of him for nothing. Because that would look really bad. For Fleury, I don't think it would hurt as badly knowing the Blackhawks didn't give anything to Vegas in exchange for when they got him. So... I personally think Marc-Andre Fleury is going to remain with the Blackhawks throughout the remainder of the season. If things go south, um, then maybe the Blackhawks do try to pick up an asset, but I believe in this team to be competitive, and as long as they're competitive, I think knowing that they didn't give up anything to get Fleury makes it a whole lot easier to not move him at the deadline, especially if there's still a glimmer of hope for the Blackhawks to make the postseason. One last quick bold take I have here before a couple more ad reads, folks. Um, ooh, this is a bold spice to take, and I like it. But I think that Brandon Hagel is going to come pretty damn close to netting 50 points this season. I'm gonna I'm gonna retract that a little bit. Well, no, it's a bold it's a bold take show. I'll say I'll say pretty darn close to 50, but I will admit 45 is probably more realistic of a number. Um, but the reason I, I believe that is because I think Brandon Hagel is just getting started here with the Blackhawks. Scott Powers of The Athletic had a great article on Hagel come out the other day. I definitely recommend all my listeners go and check it out. If you want a complete, analytic, deeper dive into Brandon Hagel, I'm only going to talk about it for a couple minutes here. Um, But right now, 
Hagel has played in 27 of the Blackhawks' 30 games this season and has 8 goals and 8 assists for 16 points. And a reason why I think Hagel is going to see even more of a little bit of an uptick in production is I think he's going to continue to get a role inside the Blackhawks' top six because if you read that article from Scott Powers and you have a pair of eyeballs and have watched Brandon Hagel this season, it's, you know, there's an argument for him being their most effective player this year, considering what he's able to bring to the tables in all three roles, no matter what kind of play you want, Brandon Hagel can provide that. So I think he's going to continue to get a top six role. He's got to get a lot of ice time because he's just so valuable out there. And I really think putting him next to Jonathan Taves, honestly, is a perfect situation. And that's going to let him be in an offensive-minded role as well as alongside another responsible defensive forward. I think that's a really smart second line for the Blackhawks. And with that amount of ice time and considering how Hagel's been able to, you know, put his stamp on a lot of what the Blackhawks have been able to accomplish, eight goals and eight assists for 16 points right now through 27 games. If he remains healthy, I think Brandon Hagel could be close to a 25-25 guy for the Blackhawks this season. I'm not quite sure he's going to get to 25 goals. I actually saw he's finding the back of the net a little bit more than he's expected to right now. His goals for expected is lower than his actual goals output. So that may come back down to earth a little bit. Hopefully not. Hopefully Hagel can uh, just continue to squeak him through. Um, But I think he's a 2020 guy for sure. And I have no doubt that he will be that he will continue to be picking up more assists than he has so far this season. A, if the Blackhawks and those analytics are going to come back around and even themselves out. And also, just with the way that he can impact the play from all over the ice. Like, Hagel's one of the few players on this team that can force a turnover and then also has the ability for that to turn into something on the other end for offense. So, if Hagel can stay healthy, I really do think 45 to 50 points is attainable considering that the way that he's played so far for the Blackhawks this season and the way that he makes an impact and brings the energy night in and night out. All right, there are some more bold predictions for the Blackhawks going forward this year. Coming up in just a minute, I'll have a bold prediction on defenseman Seth Jones as well as how the Hawks will finish out the season. But first, I need to talk to you all about BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. BetOnline has you covered all season on more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season in the NFL and NCAA continues to march towards the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head on over to our new update a desktop or mobile website and sign up today and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKDOWN, one word in all caps, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, the NHL, NBA, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Sign up today and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKDOWN, that's one word in all caps, to receive your bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 
All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, getting into my final segment today on bold predictions for the Blackhawks the rest of the way. Next, I have Seth Jones will get up into the 60s in terms of points this season and will set a new personal record for points in a season. And so far this year, I mean, Seth has been phenomenal, especially under Derek King. And on both sides of the ice, I mean, He's among the NHL leaders in points from a defenseman, and he's also inside the top 20 in block shots. On both ends, he's been pretty damn good, especially considering how he's playing, you know, 27, 28 minutes per game. And offensively, which is what I'm really getting into here, Seth currently sits third on the Hawks with 23 points through 30 games. And there was actually even a stretch there for a little bit where uh, Seth was the leading scorer for the Blackhawks. But this has just been, without a doubt, in uh, a much-needed uptick in production for Jones in comparison to, to what he was able to record in his final two seasons with Columbus. He only had uh, 30 and 28 points total in his 56 games played in each of the last two years, his final two seasons with Columbus. Uh, he happened to suit up in 56 games in both of them with 30 and 28 points. He's nearly already there in 30 games with the Blackhawks. And with the role that he's playing for this team, you know, one of the highest average time on ice getters in the NHL, I think he's fourth right now. Uh, I don't expect those numbers to take a dip anytime soon. I think Seth is going to finish. I think he's only going to get better, honestly. I I expect him to finish with uh, a career high in points, Somewhere in the 60s, I'll probably say right around 63, 64. That's my guess. Um, but his previous high was 57. He had 57 points back in 2017 and 2018 with the Blue Jackets. And in ter- terms of assists, he set his previous career high with 41 that season. And he's already halfway there with 20 so far with Chicago. So I think he'll shatter that record, could even get up into the 50s. Um, And and I also think we're going to see some more goals from Seth in 2022 than we have so far. He's only got three uh, through the first 30 games of the season. I believe he'll finish with close to double digits. We've seen him do that in the past, not all that long ago, uh, en route to a massive year in his first with the Chicago Blackhawks organization. My final player prediction of the season, folks, Lucas Reichel will finish this season as a full-time NHLer for the Blackhawks. And look, there's no way around it. I, I know I've talked about how I expect the Blackhawks, mostly their top six guys, to be better than they have so far on the offensive side. I don't know if I can say the same from the bottom six. Not a lot of those guys have been able to accomplish a whole lot, and it's tough when you have a lot of youngsters playing on the third and fourth line. But even at 19 years old, what Reichel has shown down in Rockford and his ability, when healthy, to be their best player, I, I believe it's only a matter of time. And I think he can come up and help the Blackhawks. Not just be, you know a young kid out there for the sake of getting experience. No, I think he can help this team because kind of in a similar way to what Brandon Hagel is providing right now, not only on the offensive side of things does Reichel have skills, but he also has incredible speed, he's very swift, and he has the defensive abilities to be a weapon in all three zones. The only reason I think he's not here right now is because 
Well, obviously, the organization wants to get him more healthy, dealing with a concussion not all that long ago. Um, and with that being the case, I think they want to give him another big stretch of games, get him back into the grind of the season first in the AHL before calling him up. But at some point in 2022, folks, and maybe even as early as mid-January, I'm thinking, um, whether it be then or at some point, without a doubt, Lucas Reichel is going to be up at the Blackhawks at some point this season, and I believe he'll never look back once he gets that opportunity. I think he's here to stay, and with the kind of skill set that he has in his arsenal, I think he, he is going to wow a lot of Hawks fans when they see him for the first time. As for the Blackhawks as a team, ugh, it's tough. And I know that they've been better under Derek King. Talked about that for most of the episode. And they definitely are heading in the right direction. But as of right now, the Hawks are still 10 points back for the final playoff spot in the Western Conference. And they also have five teams ahead of them at the moment. It's a pretty deep Western Conference this year. We got Nashville being a whole lot more competitive than people expected. Same with Anaheim. They're second out West right now in the Pacific. Uh, and even Calgary has, has been a lot more consistent than I think a lot of folks expected them to be. So I just don't know if it's possible for the Blackhawks to make up that much ground. I'm not going to rule it out. It's definitely possible. But I just don't think it's in the cards, sadly. It's a lot of ground to catch, and you also have to hope for the worst from several teams ahead of them. So, maybe not a bold prediction to wrap things up here, folks, and probably not the way a lot of people wanted this episode to finish up. Um, but I do think the Blackhawks, sadly, are going to miss out on the Stanley Cup playoffs for the fifth consecutive season. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Thursday, December 23rd's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and even Lee Sterling's lock of the day by simply following the Locked On Bets podcast. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Locked On Bets right now wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at Talkin' Hockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can hit me on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.